More on taking control of macOS Ventura and Take Control Books. This is Mac Voices. This week's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is an endpoint solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT, end users. Learn more at collide.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in a two-part discussion with Joe Kissel about his new Take Control of Mac OS Ventura from Take Control Books, some of the details that you're bound to run into once you do the upgrade, and also Joe covers some updates on Take Control Books and how you can continue to get that information. Let's go back and let Joe do the talking. You know me, I love to argue. I love to take the other side just to see what your reaction would be, but, you know, the... The, the iPhone installed base is a, a lot larger than a Mac installed base. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there are a lot of us that are getting a little longer in the tooth that, you know, we, we're we used to seeing it the way we've seen it. And now you have a lot of other people who are used to seeing it the way they're seeing it. And knowing how Apple plays the long game, I mean, because I, 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 full confession here, I have not um, – really kept up with all the news on the betas because after a while it gets a little exhausting um, sure. and, and because it's not final. Um, so I've, yeah. And I've not run a beta, so I have not seen some of these things. So everything yeah. you're saying here makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm trying to pull over and, and see it through the iPhone eyes and, yeah. you know, okay, this is it. And, oh, yeah, now I need to buy a computer. Well, now this one works better. Um, so we may be on the short end of the straw just like as – as uh, as geeks, we've been a little bit on the short end of the straw on a lot of things because Apple keeps taking some of the subtleties away that we've enjoyed playing with all these years and and crafting to our own desires. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's different. I guess we'll adapt and we'll, well, we'll have to because here it comes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> It's it's obviously not something that I can that I can affect in any way. Apple is not you know couldn't care less about what I think. Uh, they're not going to change something because I say it's it's annoying. Um, we, there's a lot, you know, some historical precedent there, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I I do I do think that there some some things were maybe. Uh, started with good intentions, but not thought through as fully as they could have been. And of course, Apple never explains themselves. They never say, we made this change this way because X. They never, ever, ever do that. They just say, here, it's different. Get used to it. And if, if, if someone from Apple could say, okay, the reason there are these eight different groupings of settings. And the reason that things within each group are arranged in this particular order is that we are trying to accomplish this. I mean, I would, I would listen attentively. I may or may not agree, but at least I would say, Oh, okay. There, at least there was a reason. At least somebody was applying some sort of logic to this. But in the absence of that story, I'm not seeing the logic and I can only come to the conclusion that there isn't one. So, or it escapes us all at this point. So, yeah. Um, 
Joe, before we wrap up, you know, in the past, and I think this, it's probably gone two or three versions. I'm not even going to pretend to know because of COVID. Um, <laughs> the, the last three years have been a blur. Yep. But you used to do um, the take control of upgrading two books. Right. And, you know, it, it, that stopped. Um, and so, especially with some of the changes that came to the, the underpinnings of, of Mac OS. So where do we stand on upgrading this time around? Um, is it something that requires any special prep other than the, the usual get all your apps up to date, do a backup, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, anything that we need to watch for there? It's pretty much that. I mean, as I have done the last couple of years, I have integrated the essence of what used to be in the upgrading books into the Take Control of Ventura book. So uh, I, I, it's not as long, as detailed, as elaborate, but I have lots of people that write to me saying, Joe, I under no circumstances will I ever install a new version of Mac OS without, you know, very carefully following your step-by-step advice. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll put it in there. Um, so it's, it's there, but honestly, most people won't need it for most people. Uh, it's exactly as you say, update your apps, make a good backup and run the installer. And I mean, as, as I've said for, for quite some time, the installer has gotten to be pretty good, pretty smart. It's not like the old days where there are all these pitfalls and traps and, oh man, what if this happens? It's not going to do the right thing. Almost always it does the right thing. And you just go, you just click through it and you follow the steps and, and you're done. You're happy. Now, um, there is this element that once you've run the installer and your Mac has restarted and now it's running Ventura, some things will seem weird and different. And there'll be all these dialogues popping up and alerts and asking you questions and all this kind of stuff. And the, the longer it has been since you've done a major system upgrade, the more of these you'll have and the more confusion you'll have and the more like, well, why is it asking me that? And what does this mean? And what, how do I, how do I answer this? So, Actually installing it is not so much the challenge as knowing what to knowing how to answer all those questions and what to do in the immediate uh, aftermath of, of of the installation. So that's that's part of what um, you know what what the book helps you with. But you know I'm I'm trying to not just say should you upgrade? What will you get if you upgrade? How do you upgrade? But once once you've upgraded, all right. Can, can we actually go and find all these new features? And yeah, okay, I saw a little, you know, two minute demo of this in a keynote, but how do I actually use this feature? Or can I use this feature? Does it even work with my equipment? Uh, you know, under, under what, what circumstances will this be valuable or should I maybe turn this thing off? So we go through all that and that's, that's a lot of what, uh, what the book is about. Um, when you say you're going to get bombarded with all these questions and all, um, are these like the, the granting permissions that we went through? And, and are you referring to if I'm moving from, let's say, oh, geez, I, I've lost track now. Let's see what we're on Monterey. So let's say Catalina or even yeah. earlier than that. Is, yeah. is that what you're referring to that you're going to do like a cross multiple system upgrades to get current? Yeah, exactly. So with, with each version of Mac OS, 
you know, you install it and it says, okay, here's, here's some new feature. And because of this new feature, I have to ask you some questions. I have to ask you per permission to do certain things, or you have to install this or upgrade that or do whatever. So if you are coming from Monterey, you've already answered most of those questions. There will be comparatively little left for you to do. It may be that like, okay, I open the mail app for the first time. And as always happens, it says, oh, we have to upgrade your database. So it runs through that and it takes a few minutes and you're done. And you'll have some little incompatible things like some mail extensions have to be upgraded or whatever stuff like that. But if you are moving from, let's say, Mojave or some, you know, more than a couple of years old, where you haven't gone through those intermediate steps to grant the permissions and fix this thing and uninstall that and do all the other things, um, the number of questions and requests that you'll be bombarded with when you first install uh, Ventura will be quite a bit larger. And I, I, a couple of, I forget when this was, this might've been in Big Sur, it might've been in Catalina. It was two or three years ago. Um, I took a screenshot. I like, I had like my previous version of Mac OS installed and I just ran the installer, restarted, and I just waited a couple of minutes for all these alerts to pop up. And I took a screenshot and there were, I want to say like 12 or 13 alerts all on the screen at once and they're like overlapping i couldn't even get to one before the next one popped up and the next one popped up so i let them all pop up pop up and i i rearranged them so that i could see them all at one time and it was really really couldn't you just have like one dialogue that says here's all the things we want to do is this okay <laughs> i don't know it mm. Apple didn't hire me to work on user interface. So, but, um, you know, uh, it, it can, it can get kind of, kind of excessive at times. And, and, you know, people want to know, all right, well, I think it's okay if I just click okay here or I click allow or I click whatever the thing is, but I'm not really sure what will be the consequences if I say no. Can I take that back later? Will something not work? What what will be the problem if I don't agree to this or if I choose something else? So that's that's the kind of thing we want to want to make sure is clear. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Collide. Collide is an endpoint security solution that uses the most powerful untapped resource in IT: end users. Old school device management tools like MDMs force disruptive agents onto employee devices that slow performance and treat privacy as an afterthought. Collide does things differently. Instead of forcing changes on users, Collide notifies your team via Slack when their devices are insecure and gives them step-by-step -step instructions on how to solve the problem. By reaching out to employees via a friendly Slack message and educating them about company policies, Collide can help you build a culture in which everyone contributes to security because everyone understands how and why to do it. That makes for a stronger security now and a stronger security future. You can meet your compliance goals by putting users first. Visit collide.com slash macvoices to find out how. That's collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash macvoices. Thanks to Collide for supporting this edition of Mac Voices. 
Yeah. I mean, some of this is just, I think, and this is my opinion, but some of it is just the, the nature of the world we live in with all the security requests. If you want to be secure, I mean, if you don't, if you don't care about security, then don't worry about some of this stuff. But, you know, if I, th- I think it's great that Apple does kind of force you through a certain ritual to grant a program access to certain information, because at least it forces you, whether you like it or not, it forces you to think about it. And you know, you're not quite as likely to say, yeah, okay, click. You know, that's I, I trust that developer that's, you know, from, you know, Minsk. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. sorry, well, sorry to our so, Minsk listeners. So let me let me just say, there there is this very real phenomenon of, you know, alert fatigue. So on the one hand, yes, it, it is good for Apple to say, you know, this app wants access to your contacts. Is that okay? And you might think, actually, that app has no business messing with my contacts. No, that's not okay. And then later on, you find out, oh, that's why it needed my contacts. It was for this thing. Uh, so, like, I appreciate that on the one hand. On the other hand, uh, we had this thing, you know, I'm in Saskatchewan, and um, it, it, there was this big, big, big international news story. It was in the headlines in the U.S. It was in the headlines in England. There was this mass stabbing. Okay, so uh, these two brothers went on a mass stabbing spree, killed like 10 people and injured 18 more or something like that. And then there was this, this multi-day manhunt. Okay, so over the course of four days during this manhunt, Every iPhone, iPad, and Apple Watch in the province got no fewer than 11 emergency alerts. You're just like, mind your own business, doing your own thing, and, and this thing comes up. And, and you know, you might live hundreds of kilometers away from where the action is happening. There's nothing at all that you can, no action that you can possibly take. Uh, 11 times in four days, these alerts came up and you're like, okay, if there's, if there's an alert, you know, an amber alert, an emergency of some kind, you, you got to inform the public, you want them to be safe. That's great. After the first six, seven, eight times, people are like, I'm not even looking at this anymore. It's just, it's part of that same thing. Just, 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 just turn it off. Stop, stop annoying me. And so that's the worry. The worry is that Apple with all these alerts is not so much trying to be helpful as basically trying to limit their legal exposure. Well, you know, you did agree to this, you, which is like, you did agree to the terms and conditions of using this website. You did agree to the license agreement before installing this software, which of course, nobody ever reads. Nobody ever reads the license agreements because we're not lawyers and we don't have unlimited time and it's ridiculous. So that's, that's sort of the worry there of giving, giving us so much that it just becomes noise that is, is meaningless. That's a fair, that's a fair argument. You know, I mean, and trying to find the sweet spot in there is, is difficult because again we get the amber alerts and the silver alerts here, um, and you know that's the, th- those are absolutely really important, critical. But you know sometimes you think, okay, is is this happening statewide? Because I've received those when I'm out of state. And it's like, yeah. It, but on the other hand, you know, have I turned on my location services to allow Apple and anybody else to know where I am? 
So, you know, that's where you get this trade-off. If I, if I don't tell you where I am, then am I fair game for all the alerts? And, and it's, it's a yeah. messy, it's, we've, we've talked about syncing. Syncing seems like it should be the easiest thing in the world. And it's one of the toughest. And I'm, I'm starting to feel like this is comparable to that. I, I feel like there could be more discussions in the future about security and privacy and those sorts of things. If, if only somebody would write a book on that. I don't know. <laughs> what a, what a segue. What a segue. Yeah. Speaking of writing books. Um, yeah. Talk for just a second, a little bit about why the take control of Ventura is out now and what's going to happen once the actual release comes out. Yeah, well, you know, in the in the really really olden days, like fifteen plus years ago, we would we would write books about the next version of Mac OS. We would write them, we would edit them, we would test them while the beta process was was going on, and then on the day that the operating system was released, we would release the books. And then Apple started releasing public betas, not just betas for developers, but for anybody. And they would release these in, let's say, June, July, and the actual operating system would come out in September, October. And so millions and millions of people would download the betas. And as they're running the betas, they'd be like, okay, but how do I use this? How does this work? How do I upgrade? How do I do these things? And they're they they needed answers to these questions now, not you know they during during the beta process, not later on after the thing was already released. The other thing that was going on is that because of the public betas and every magazine and website and podcast in the world covering all these features and the new stuff in great detail, if we waited until the final public release to put the books out. A lot of people would be like, you know, I don't care anymore. I've I've already got the information I need from from elsewhere. So in order to, on the one hand, be helpful to our readers who really want to know this stuff sooner, so that they can do stuff with the, with the betas, and on the other hand, remain relevant, so that we're not just telling the same story everybody else has told, but last, um, we started putting out preliminary versions of our books during the beta period with the idea that, yeah, 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 stuff will change. Maybe some of the things that we complain about will get fixed before the final release. Maybe we'll have new complaints. Maybe some features won't quite make the final cut. These kinds of things happen. So we'll give you a preliminary version to get you started. And then when the final release is available, we will have a free update to our book that will tell you what has changed between then and now. And so that's what we've been doing for a number of years. And that's what we're doing again this year. If you buy Take Control of Ventura now, then when when it is final, finally released, which we assume will be sometime in October, we will have an update to the book that will talk about whatever has changed between now and then, good, bad, or otherwise. And we'll also tell you how you go about uh, upgrading from the beta version if you installed that to the final version. That that category might be the most important right there because I know so many people that are running the beta. I've always been afraid of running betas because, you know, then, okay, what happens, especially in a production environment, you know, what happens, you know, when I want to leave the beta and, you know, get just to the, to the real releases. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would definitely be something if I had, if I knew I was going to have that, I might've been playing with the betas, but 
now there's no point. So. Yeah. Um, all this goodness is at takecontrolbooks.com. Um, Joe, what's the what's the pricing on this book? Uh, so this book is $14.99. Of course, if you had one of our recent few years worth, I, I, I don't remember without looking it up how, how far back it went, but any, any of the, the recent two or three uh, versions of this book, uh, we give you a, a very generous upgrade discount, and you will have already received email about that. And uh, you can also buy a bundle of this book and Josh's book on iOS 16 and iPadOS 16 for a, uh, a low bundle price of, oh God, so, see, I should, I, should, I should know this stuff. Like I came up, I literally came up with the prices. I'm like, what are we charging? Are we charging $20 or $25? I don't know. A, a big discount. Big discount over 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 buying the two books separately. <laughs> Go to the website. There's just, there's a bundle. Um, uh, just you know, just give us all your money, and we'll give you all our books. There you go. And and the books are well worth the money. We hope so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe. Thank you. It's great to see you again. I hope we get to do this a little more often. Um, I know things have been a little nuts for you this year, like they've been for me. Probably like they've been for everybody, but for yeah. different reasons. So, so it, um, I, I hope so too. And and paradoxically, if if you all and I love you, I love you, viewers, listeners, customers. If you would just leave me alone for a while, so that I can write books. <laughs> like if you if you would stop sending emails saying when's this book going to be out, then I would actually have time to write the book. That would be awesome. Then. Then we're both happy. <laughs> so leave me alone so I can work. Joe, you know, well, Joe, you make a really good point, though, um, You because know, there are a lot of people that are interested in what's coming out and what you're working on. Um, what What's the best way, other than emailing you, which you know just takes you away from other things, what's the best way for them to keep up with uh, what's happening? Thank you for asking. So a couple of things. Number one, we have a blog, takecontrolbooks.com slash blog is prominently featured on our on our website. Uh, every Friday, I write an update. Hey, here's what happened in the last week. Oh, we released some new books. Here's what we're working on for next week or for later this month. So by reading the blog posts, you can get a really quick overview of what has happened recently and what is about to happen. So that's one suggestion. Of course, you can also subscribe to this in an RSS reader like Net Newswire. So if if you want to uh, keep up with things that way, that's an option. Every book has an ebook extras link. If you get the PDF version, then uh, just up at the top right corner of the cover is a, a link that says ebook extras. You can click that uh, in any format. Toward the end of the book, in the About This Book section, there's like an access extras related to this book link, and you click that. That will take you to a page that will tell you about our update plans, if any. And in most cases, just going to like the books page in our catalog will have a an update plans tab there. Some In some cases, we even have like a little banner at the top of the description saying, here's our update plans. And if you are on our email list, then you should actually read the emails because often I say, by the, you know, here's a new book, but by the way, here's what's coming next week and here's what's coming in the future. And um, so, so there are there are many ways to to become acquainted with what our our plans are, and uh, any of those any of those ways where it does not require 
direct manual intervention from me is is the best way because <laughs> I really do I get a lot of email and it is it is quite time consuming to answer so um, take advantage of all of those resources that we offer and uh, we thank you for your kind attention. Okay, so folks, now you have multiple reasons to go to TakeControlBooks.com. Not only do you get to see uh, what has, is there about uh, the Ventura book that Joe has just released, but also about all the other Take Control books, about all the ways that Take Control can communicate with you um, so that you don't have to communicate with Joe and he can keep writing more books and keep the website updated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You get the idea. <laughs> Joe, thank you. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. We will do it again. Sounds great. Always a pleasure. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. One more time, takecontrolbooks.com for everything we've talked about here and a whole lot more from a lot of really great authors. Until the next time, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com.